the Free Speaking Podcast with your hosts, Jared Mintz and Joseph Nardone. Welcome back to the Relatively Speaking Podcast. We are recording on Monday morning, October 24th, and this week we get our beloved NBA back as the Knicks, my hometown New York Knicks, tip off the NBA season tomorrow night against Cleveland Cavaliers defending champions. I am your co-host, Jared Mintz, and joining me today and every other day that we record this perfect podcast is Joseph Nardone. Joe, how was your weekend? I'm not going to spoil it, but I'm, I'm still reeling from last night's Walking Dead. So it hit me right in the stomach. Teared up a little bit last night. It's, it's, it's a, a day of mourning, it really is. That seems to be the consensus. Now, I don't watch Walking Dead. I, I actually, I got into an elevator with a neighbor on Friday, and I like did food shopping, and it was literally like nine boxes of Gushers in my bag, so she could see them. She was like, oh, do you have snacks for your kids? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I don't have kids. This is for me and my fiance. She was like, oh, well, it's a good weekend of TV. Walking Dead's coming back, so I get it. And I was like, I don't watch Walking Dead. So like, I got upstairs. I said to my fiance, should we start watching Walking Dead? And before she could even respond, I said, no, because there will be, it's not spoilers, I don't like to call them spoilers, but people will be talking about the show all over social media, and we'll be like six seasons behind, so I don't need to find out that so-and-so has died when I'm just getting invested in the characters. So that's my way of trying to be relevant in what you're talking about. Um, but Walking Dead was good last night? Um, yeah, it was really good. It was a good, I, I, so I, I really won't spoil it, so people listening, I'm not spoiling it. It was a good reset for the show to take it to a different place and kind of, like, if you felt it was getting stale, it kind of just wipes all that out. Great. Happy for you guys. Happy for you Walking Dead fans. Glad you got a good show back. I feel like I've been struggling to find, like, new shows to watch and get into. I, I mean, it's fall, so, like, it should be a great TV season. I just am I'm struggling over here. But I, I've been watching The Exorcist on Fox. It's not horrible. Yeah, I'm going to pass on that, but... Um, I'm falling water in USA is fantastic. Right, you mentioned that before. I, you know, Mr. Robot kind of, like, broke the USA can't have good shows thing for me. And I know they've had a couple other shows that people have been into, uh, Suits, I guess, and, I don't know, other stuff, but... It's much, really... it, it's much more in the Mr. Robot vein of being darker and complex. All right. I don't know, good. I never watched Suits, but Suits looks very formulaic. Do you know what I mean? And this isn't that. Well, it doesn't make a difference what shows are on or what shows are coming on because I'm getting the NBA back this week. The NBA itch! It's like a bad SCD. That's going to be all I'm going to be watching. So, sorry, TV. You're gone. You're out of my life for another year Well, TV's not gone. Television shows are gone. Correct. Thanks, Your TV's in your life. Yeah, television, please stay. I need you for my NBA fix. But uh, TV shows, bye-bye. Anyway, before we... Before we get into the NBA, we're going to we're gonna talk about Week 7 a little bit in the NFL, and by my account, there really wasn't all that much that was remarkable to talk about. So this is going to be an NBA-heavy show, but before we get into it, obviously the first thing we have to talk yeah. about was the biggest, the biggest news bit to come out of the NFL yesterday, probably the world, and that's C.J. Proceis. The C.J. Proceis game. CJ Pro- it was the C.J. Proceis game. As Joe, Joe mentioned on Friday that he thought C.J. was going to get... I think three touches for 32 yards. I think that was your prediction. I, I wish I went back and listened, but we don't do things like that on the show. So I think Joe said three for 32. CJ Proceis gets his first carry of the season, goes for zero yards, and he also catches two balls for 17 yards. So came in at under that 32 mark. Joe, take a lap. 
Joe, mm. what, what's your first impression on C.J. Procise in the NFL? <laughs> well, I'll tell you before the show. So I watched a majority of the game, and he played the last the whole last Seattle possession on offense and regulation. They used him a lot yesterday. Um, he was picking up blocks and stuff like that. We were discussing whether or not maybe he was injured. Well, that's why, because he was used a lot yesterday, just not a lot of touches. That one carry for zero yards is misleading. They were trying to bleed out the clock, and... Uh, Arizona knew it, and they just kind of collapsed on him. And the field was also a mess. All the CJ process excuses, but at least they got the three right. touches correct. Yeah, you did. And we also get a new official athlete for the relatively speaking podcast. So to run through our athletes so far, I think we we started the football season with with Bork Osweiler as our guy, mm-hmm. and then by default we fell to Jimmy Garoppolo, and then also by default, I suppose, <laughs> we became the Jacoby Brissett podcast. <laughs> Correct. Uh, some, somewhere in the middle there, we might have been the Trevor Simeon podcast, but that might have been like a... No, a, just slander, a, I believe. Right. That was like a, we hate this guy so much. So now I think we're officially the CJ Procise podcast. The jinx continues. What What's your nickname? So we need a nickname for him. So we had Jimmy, too good-looking Garoppolo, the red, white, and blue Mamba for Brissett, and he was also Joe Kobe Brissett. Joe Kobe. We didn't have one for Trevor Simeon. Obviously, Brock Osweiler was a Brock Osweiler. We need a CJ well, Procise nickname. I don't have one at the ready, though. No, we did have a nickname for Trevor Simeon. It was the worst quarterback <laughs> in the NFL not named Jared Goff. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I kind of uh, put you on the spot with the CJ Procise. I'll get I'll one ready for Friday when we make our next picks in Seattle's never. Like, inevitably, one of the games we pick. Of course, because they always are. Even though last night they tied, we saw our first tie of the 2016 NFL season. Uh, it was really funny. I, I didn't watch that game, and I really it was didn't atrocious. Get, I didn't get to see much football, but the responses on Twitter were either that it was the worst game ever or the best game ever. So I guess that means well that plus it being a six six tie at the end of you know seventy five minutes. Um, maybe it was a defensive game, and the defense was really you know Russell Wilson looked type. horrible. Right, Carson Palmer threw for over three hundred yards again, which I guess was impressive against Seattle. But he also played know. five quarters. Right, that too. Not not much to take away from that game, I suppose. Um, but let's, let's get into some other games. And really, again, we're going to be very brief. The first thing I need to talk about, need to get this off my chest. So the Jets got a win yesterday. I got that one right in the picks. Nice. Jets, Jets come back and beat the Ravens. Uh, and they did it with the help of their backup quarterback, <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick. So Geno Smith leaves the game with a knee injury, and Fitzpatrick comes in in relief, and leads a team on three scoring drives to, to close out the game and come back. Then after the game, no. sounds off. Sounds off after the game. When the owner stops believing in you and the GM stops believing in you and coaches stop believing in you, sometimes all you have is yourself. Don't stop that. believing. He also added, I think I should start every week. Listen, I don't think there's a player in the NFL that doesn't feel that way, especially quarterbacks, unless you're backing up like Tom Brady or somebody that's great. But for Ryan Fitzpatrick to blame this on ownership after six crappy games, I mean, it's it's not like... Or a whole crappy career. Yeah, that too. I I don't want to have another Fitz rant here. It's just, you know, this guy's been praised for his leadership and how much everybody loves him and respects him. And I feel like one of the main reasons that, that Jets fans wanted to see Fitzpatrick back was because he had he had, he had had a lot of support from Brandon Marshall, who is the Jets' leading receiver. And as soon as Fitzpatrick gets benched and Geno Smith becomes a quarterback, Brandon Marshall starts singing Geno Smith's tune. So it's the type of thing like you want your quarterback to be a leader, you want them to connect with the receivers, but of course the receivers are only going to connect with the guy that's throwing them the ball. So if it's not Fitzpatrick and it's Geno Smith, Geno will be fine in that role as well. 
And now you get Fitzpatrick come out and make these comments yesterday, and it's not like he was benched so the Jets could see if they had, you know, a, a good young quarterback for the future. He was benched because he stank. He was horrible. He was the worst quarterback in football. The no, worst. The worst. I like what he said. He was. He likes being the underdog more, and it's like, dude, you've been in the league for like ten years. At this point, you're not an underdog. Either you're bad or you're good, and you're bad. That, that quote pissed me off more than the quote I just read. Was he? He said something along the line when he was asked why he thinks he played so well. He said because he he was pissed off and he was the underdog or something like that. To me, that's like the NBA equivalent of Derrick Rose and Joe Kim Noah and Brandon Jennings are going to have the best seasons of their career because they're motivated. I don't ever want to hear that from an athlete. I played better this week than I did last week because I was motivated because I got in trouble or because someone said I stank. Like, so just, what? Like you don't you you didn't try as hard last week? That's what I want to say to them. That that's what it is though, and that that's that's kind of like the the rationality that gets applied to these things is well, he had something to play for this week. He didn't have something to play for last week and the week before that. It's just it's really annoying, and I hate. I can't wait till he's picked up five times next week. Oh, I mean, I don't know if he'll be the starter. I don't know that he'll get the job back. I, the Jets quarterback situation is very murky. I mean, to my understanding, they really, you know, are just waiting till Bryce Petty is ready to, to start playing. Uh, I don't know what they do until that point, but I really hate these comments, and I I don't know what kind of coach, you know, gives into this. What kind of coach hears this and says, you know, he's right, we did stop believing in him, and it was our fault. Like, I'd be pissed at this guy if I'm the coach or the don't GM or the stop. owner. I'm pissed. You yeah. saying we were one in five through six games because of you? Yeah, you have one a decent year. You've never made the playoffs in ten years as a quarterback. Shush. In fairness, the Jets' defense has also been atrocious. Ryan Fitzpatrick has also been on ninety-five football teams, so like he could have done this elsewhere, like make a playoff run. All right, that's 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 my rant on Ryan Fitzpatrick to start the show. I don't care uh, that he went to Harvard. <laughs> I don't care where he went to college. I don't care where anybody went to school. Yeah, me neither. Anyway couple other games that, that kind of stood out to me. The Minnesota Vikings take their first loss of the season. They Another lose to the Philadelphia game. Eagles. That game, I, again, I didn't see this game, but that game seemed pretty ugly. Just looking at the box score, I noticed there were nine total fumbles in this game and three interceptions thrown. So yeah. I don't know if maybe Google this was another image, Mr. Zugly. And that's, what that, that's your game recap right there, Mr. Zugly. Yeah, I don't know if this was a, a real defensive game. I mean, I'd imagine with teams like Minnesota and Philadelphia, especially with their quarterbacks, that defense is going to flourish a little more than the offense, but neither team really got going, and uh, the Eagles, Eagles win a game, so got to tip their hat to them for, for finally beating Minnesota. Um, another team broke their winning streak yesterday, and that was the Buffalo Bills, who lose to the Miami Dolphins, who all of a sudden, running all over everybody. Once again, Jay Ajayi had a super day on the floor, running for 28, 28 times for 214 yards, that's after last week he ran for 204 yards against the Steelers. Maybe the Miami Dolphins aren't as bad as we thought they were. I mean, they're 3-4 and four right now. And Buffalo, who we've been singing praises for for the last You've few been. years. It hasn't just been me. It's been a lot, a lot of people who pay attention to the NFL. I mean, they, they won three Oh, straight. a lot of people that pay attention to the NFL. Well, you're all wrong. The Bills stink. <laughs> they didn't look great yesterday, and their coach sounded like an idiot after the game. So the, the big thing to watch with, with this Bills game was LaShawn McCoy left practice on Wednesday with a hamstring injury. Uh, usually if a running back has a hamstring injury, you want him to rest that because running backs run in case you <laughs> missed it. And uh, there, there were a lot of conflicting reports towards the end of the week. Will McCoy play? Won't he play? Uh, you know, it kind of felt like lip service when Rex Ryan was saying that McCoy would play because 
Josina Anderson, ESPN's Josina Anderson, reported Thursday night that McCoy's injury should keep him out for a few weeks. And then again, the next day, you hear McCoy's practicing on Friday, and he should play on Sunday. He wants to play on Sunday. And he got out there and he played yesterday, and he didn't look great. And then after the game, he, he's talking about his injury, and he admitted that he was in pain. And it's feasible he's going to be out for a few weeks. And this is the quote you get from the head coach. Rex Ryan says, <laughs> we thought he was fine. I don't know that he wasn't 100% going into the game. It's just, it's Rex stuff, and I don't mean to pick at him when he does bad stuff and not, not credit him when he does good stuff. The Bills being 4-3 and three is better than I would have expected them to be, but LaShawn McCoy was looking like an MVP in the NFL for the first, you know, however many weeks, and he might be seriously injured now. So that that's not a good look for the Bills. You know if Joe, there was a anything? foot injury, he would have protected it. Ooh, there it is. That's what I was looking for. I am glad you decided to chime in there. You're welcome. Uh, the, the other <laughs> NFL game that, that stood out to me yesterday, just a little bit. I mean, again, I, I thought yesterday was kind of an underwhelming day in the NFL, but the San Diego Chargers beat the Falcons in Atlanta. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of all I got. The, the Chargers' offense is good. Their defense isn't. It seems the same could be said for Atlanta, who really, you know, did, did a lot of things Julio Jones had another big game. The running backs both had decent games for, for Atlanta, but San Diego just outscored them. They, they beat them. I think that game went to overtime. Did, did it not? What game? The Chargers game? Char- Chargers did go to overtime. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Atlanta decided on fourth and two to run a stretch play at the midfield mark. Always, always a tremendous move. Tremendous coach. There, there it is. Kyle Shanahan losing that, that head coaching job he's been doing everything to get for next year. Um... Joe, you want to do some bad tweets? Let's do it. Hit the music guy with the mustache that makes music. Fry MJ memes with the side of some racism. Many hot takes. Some of them. The person that you tweets. think of when you say guy with the mustache. Um, I picture myself with the mustache. <laughs> I do. Because you, you make the music. Pretty I picture- much, yeah. I picture Mario and Luigi. I don't know why. I know people with mustaches, but they're... they're I don't the know person. one person in real life with a mustache right now. With only a mustache? Without, yeah, with just the, like a uh, traditional mustache. I don't know one person in real life. Traditional mustache. All right. Like, well, there's guys I, in the NBA that rock, and I think Steven Adams sometimes rocks one. He uh, does. Him, him and Enos Cantor are like the mustache brothers. Yeah, but I don't know. Like, I don't... I've never been... Like, I don't have any friends with mustaches, and I've never been at, like, a, uh, uh, a grocery store and saw somebody with a mustache. Not since, like... I was a kid. Yeah, I can't think of anybody with mustache either. But let, let's <laughs> let's get into these bad tweets. I'm going to go first. And we have a, uh, I don't know, I feel like this can't be the first time he's long been time, featured. Long time, first time, or just long time, long time? <laughs> long time, long time here. Mr. At Whitlock Jason tweeted yesterday evening, Chargers might be the second best team in the AFC. Seriously. That's what that man tweeted. I mean, the Chargers are currently 3-4. and four. Uh, They've given up 30-plus points in four of the seven games they played in. They're probably, they're, wow, they're probably not even top two in their division. So I think that's a bad tweet. Um, they lost a couple games close. I think you can make an argument that the better than the record indicates, but there's no argument that they're the second-best team in the AFC. You're right. They're probably the third-best team in their own division. They might be the fourth-best team. Like, Right. They might I, be the worst team, team in their own division. division. Um <laughs> the, the Raiders are good, the Chiefs are good, and the Broncos are the Broncos. So, I mean, um, you can make the argument they're, record, they're better than the record indicates. I like that team. I think they have good talent on both sides of the ball. I also think that every game is close, and they're usually on the wrong side of it. 
They were one in four like ten days ago. They were one in four. Yeah, they they got an impressive win over the Broncos, who didn't even have their coach and couldn't do anything in that game. And yeah, they beat the Falcons yesterday. I mean, listen, those are two good teams to beat. I just don't think that that automatically elevates you from one and four to <laughs> Super Super Bowl contender. Super Bowl contender. I do feel bad for Phil Rivers because I feel like when he does retire, which is probably sooner than we realize, that. Like, how good he has been for his career is going to be overshadowed by the fact that after those teams that were, like, really good in the regular season and fell short in the playoffs, he had, like, a couple years where he had nobody around him. He was still doing, like, really neat things. Yeah, you mean, like, the last five years of his career? (laughs) Pretty much. Well, he has more – I know a lot of guys are hurt now, but he has more talent on the outside than he's had in the past. Do you know what I mean? Um, He Like, they always have or draft or sign guys that are, like, 6'4". Right. That, like, seems to be their, like, M.O., just have giant body wide receivers. Yeah, and, he had, like, four years of Malcolm Floyd on one leg, it seemed. Yeah, and now he has, like, Travis Benjamin and whatchamacall's hurt. You know, whatchamacall. Yeah, um, and then Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen, it. yeah. And then they have another guy, Tyler something. He's 6'4". Ty- you don't need to Ty know Ty their Rowling. names. You don't have to know they're 6'4". They're all 6'4". Right. Or they're 6'1 and 275 in tight receivers somehow. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I feel bad for them. But, yeah, they're not the best team, in the second-best team in the AFC. They're not, like we just said, they could be the worst team in the AFC West. Right. Well, anyway, I think that one was more about the person who tweeted it than the thing Whoa! that they tweeted. Good luck, person, Jason. Get at him. That person hardly ever says anything of value. Joseph, what's your bad tweet? This is from at Jan Hendrick Tree. That, that's how you say his name. So, at NBA, since you promote singers who disrespect our country and Take away your All-Star Weekend from my city. I will be canceling at NBA TV with a USA flag emoji. Oh, man. That might be it. The NBA might fold because I can't even repeat that name. Yeah, He's going to cancel his NBA TV subscription. What are we going to do, Joe? I, 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 I don't know. I'm shook. Um, Se- season's canceled. We might as well cancel the rest of this podcast. Oh, man. For what it's worth, if you do want to go through this guy's timeline, you will not be shocked to see see the things on it. Yeah, sounds about right. Good for that guy. He gets it. He does. He really does. He he gets it. You know, like, how you make a difference in this world is by civil protesting, and you can boycott stuff. I wonder, I wish somebody in the NFL did a civil protest like this, and he wouldn't get mad about, oh, wait, never mind. All right, Joe, I believe you have NBA music to play. I wanted so we to do the NBA our... theme music, but I didn't want to get fined for stealing the ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. But, uh, or however it goes. How does it go? I don't even know what you're singing. The NBC, what NBA, you NBC, NBA, NBA and NBC, the John Tesh song? Yeah, do it. See, here's a funny thing. Whenever we, whenever we like, sing songs, we have different, like, noises that we make to, like, make that song. I did like Seven Nation Army. <laughs> I, I thought, yeah, you did a little bit. You did... <laughs> Okay, I have actual music for us. So, hit it, Mario. It's your 2016-17 NBA preview with the luscious Jared Mintz and the sometimes okay-looking Joseph Nardo. Basketball. Yeah, so that was less theme music and a little bit more of some soft, uh, late-night Cinemax type of, type of noise. But, uh, yeah, you're welcome, America. 
music you can let your wife listen to? Um, if you want to, you know, watch basketball. I love watching basketball mm-hmm. by myself. You love right, taking so- it to the rim, taking hey, it hard to the paint. I score a lot of points. Whoa! Stop, you love working in the box. Oh, Joe, that was... <laughs> what? Underneath, you're in the box. Yeah, finger rolls. Love whoa! Finger rolls. Whoa! You got a soft touch, kid. <laughs> Who's going to stop? Who's going to stop the other one first? <laughs> I think I'm out of really bad gross jokes. Yeah, I feel like Valvinus right now. Why don't we move on and really talk about basketball? <laughs> That's the highlight of your show. We should just stop doing podcasts forever. Yeah, yeah, just do that. The the sexual innuendos about basketball podcast. I can't wait till one comes to my head and I just scream it out randomly like I have Tourette's, like bad joke Tourette's. I'm here for it. I'm sure it's going to happen at some point. Just don't not listen to the things I'm talking about. I always listen to what you I don't believe you. All right, so (laughs) congratulations, guys. We made it. We made it these last, what, the NBA season ended in June. It is now October. It's not even that long. It's only been four months. Yeah. <laughs> we made it through four months without NBA basketball, even though we talked about the summer league more than we talked about baseball, which, by the way, the Cubs and the Indians are going to be playing in the World Series. That's cool. Somebody's that got to win. Only, that's your baseball mention. There it goes. Um, but yeah, the NBA's back. You guys made it. We went four months without NBA basketball, and our podcast didn't crumble. And now that NBA is back, our podcast is going to be stronger than ever. It's already stronger than ever after that lead into this segment with all of those amazing innuendos that we dropped. But the NBA is back, baby. We tip off tomorrow night. I couldn't be more excited. Joe, what are some things you're excited about as we head into the NBA season? A ton of things. Honestly, a ton of things. I want to see if this is the year the Kings like super implode to the point they got to trade Boogie. I That's see- the first thing you say. We're talking about NBA coverage in the listen, first Listen, listen to me. I'm not done. I, I want to see the Sixers. I want to see them grow together. I want to see Joel Embiid. <laughs> I want to see him tweet constantly that he's been processed. I want to see Dario Saric win Rookie of the Year because he's going to mark it down. I picked um, him for Rookie of the Year in the Today's Fast Break Rookie Superlative Poll. What that happened? is my pick. Is I that pick, your I pick, Dario? Dario. Yep. You've been see that's because you've been my friend. You've been listening to me talk to him about him for two or three years now, and yet you've been indoctrinated. That is the only reason because I'm your friend. Pretty much. And what else am I looking forward to? Uh, D'Angelo Russell to see his development. Uh, I you know how I am. I like watching the younger guys kind of find their spot. Obviously, I want to see Golden State play. They're going to be fun. Um, and I can't wait to see the Knicks be horrible, and then all the excuses come out. I'll talk more about them later. Um. I want to see Boston try to move assets all year, even though nobody wants them. I want to see, I want to see Cat. I want to see what how, how unbelievably crazy Minnesota might be this year. They might still be a year away. But listen, I was wrong about Chris Dunn. He's ready to play in the NBA. He's legit. And um, man, this is the NBA. This I don't know. Like I'm sure it's been this way for a while, but like they're doing a better job than ever than reloading with younger talent. Yeah, definitely. Uh... I mean, I don't know if they've just gotten lucky that we've had guys like like Towns and like Brown. We didn't even I didn't even mention Anthony Davis. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's exactly. how crazy this is. How crazy deep we are with young talent. That like I said, a bunch of dudes and Anthony Davis wasn't one of them. For sure. All right. Well, some some of the things. What I'm are you really excited about? Too. Uh, I'm I'm aiming more towards the top of the league, I think, than the bottom. And I, I'm with you too. When I when I first sat down and started writing about things, I'm excited about it was all like Sixers and Nets. How is Jeremy Lin going to play? And like. Yeah, that, that stuff I'm excited about, and I'm really Brooklyn because I'm such a basketball nerd. But really, the the one thing I'm most excited to see is what the Warriors look like with Durant, Curry, and Clay all needing to share the ball. 
And I think it's going to be more good than bad. I mean, I, that's not exactly a hot take. That's not going out on a limb. We're talking about a team that won 67 games, championship, 73 games, a minute away from championship. They're going to be great. You know, it's not like they're going to get the most talented guy in the league and all of a sudden be less great. They're going to be freaking ridiculous. This is going to be like the most enjoyable form of NBA basketball I think we've ever seen. Do you know what I wanted to happen really bad yesterday? What did you want to happen? I wanted Brent Forbes to get cut by the Spurs and then for the Golden State to pick him up. Yeah. The dude doesn't miss, right? So, like, they only kept him because Danny Green got hurt. And so now he's going to get a little bit of playing time, and then he might get cut mid-season when Danny Green comes back and waived or whatever. But uh, I wanted him to go to Golden State really badly. Yeah, they're they're really deep, so I don't even know that he would see a minute. Him and Ian Clark would share time. They both play four minutes a game. That, that's another thing that I'm intrigued with, though. Not, not anything to do with those guys, but really the minute breakdown for, for the top players on the Warriors. And if these guys wind up sitting out entire fourth quarters, kind of like they did last year. I mean, the, the Warriors were just, they were a juggernaut last year. I can see them like, rotating guys, like, sitting up. Like, one right. game Durant sits, then Clay, then Steph, then Draymond, then circle back around. <laughs> I mean, keep doing it. The goal for all these guys is a championship. They they clearly chased the wins record last year, and obviously, you know, they got it. And I don't know if they're going to blame falling short on, on chasing the wins record. There were nights in the playoffs where they just did not look like they had any any energy. Again, that, that could have been from, from the Curry injury, or it could have just been them being tired. But I, I'm with you. I think that they're going to wind up sitting guys. They're going to wind up resting guys. And I, I don't think they're going to be as aggressive as they were last season. But at the same token, you know, they now they have Kevin Durant. And now you have a, a starting lineup that has Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, Stephen Curry, and Clay Thompson. And really, I could be the fifth, and this team would still win 65 to 70 games. So I'm, I'm really excited to see how they all work together. And most of all, I'm excited to see how Kevin Durant fits in. I mean, you know, we, we, we looked at this team last year, and we thought they can't get better than they did the year before. And all of a sudden, Stephen Curry leads the league in scoring, and Clay Thompson averages, you know, around career highs, and he's ridiculous, and... Draymond Green gets better at every single statistical category. So I, I just, I'm excited to see how all these guys come together this year and, and really how Kevin Durant, who, you know, has won more scoring titles than he has and see how he kind of fits in and how he finds his shots and how aggressive he winds up being with the ball. What, what do you think the Warriors look like this year? Um, like a video game. I, I, I think we're both, me and you are in agreement that, uh, you and I are in agreement that um, they're going to rest guys here and there, and they're not going to chase 80 wins or anything like that. Um, I think they'll be really fun to watch. I think they're gelled. Like, the preseason kind of showed that they were working on gelling earlier. So I don't think those, like, um, like how we every, a lot of people thought, like, hey, it's going to take some time for these guys to fit. I think they're going to work out quicker than we realized, we initially thought. And then I do think, like, we're going to get close to the all-star break, and all of a sudden you're going to see guys sitting, which doesn't, like, we joke about Ian Clark all the time, but he's going to get real time this year. Um, probably enough starts that he'd be disqualified from the six-man award that he should win this year. Um, <laughs> real casually slipped that in. Yeah, forget um, it. Forget about Andre Iguodala. It's going to be Ian Clark that wins the award. Well, see, they're both going to I, I, Iggy's definitely going to start enough this year that he's not going to be qualified for six-man. Because I think they're going to really rotate those guys in and out where they're going to sit with your games. Like, I can see Curry only playing. Like, pretend he doesn't get hurt. He might only play 58 games this year by design. There's no chance that happens. I mean, even... Why even not? Like, that's not a lot. That's not... Or, not 58. I'm sorry. Six, or 68 games. I'm sorry. 
Yeah, because 58 means he's missing 20. Yeah, I, I, I misspoke. I'm sorry. Jeepers, Jared. Stop picking on me. It's Monday morning, 942 Easter. Still really people dying on The Walking Dead, man. I'm sorry, buddy. I'm really sorry. People. Um, multiple I, people. Spoiler. I don't know how it's going to play out in terms of guys sitting out entire games. I think it's going to look more like guys sitting out entire fourth quarters because they're going to be up by 30, which is something, again, that we saw last year in stretches. So I, I, I don't know what we're going to see. I'm excited to find out. That's what the NBA preview is for, finding out what we're going to see. Shooty um, hoops. I'm also really excited to see, so I think both leagues, we have the top three teams carved out, not leagues, but both conferences, we have the top three teams carved out, and we can agree, in some order, out east, it's going to be Cleveland, Toronto, and Boston, right? Yeah. In the west, it's going to be San Antonio, Golden State, and the Clippers, right? Right. Is there a fourth team that you think should be in with those top three teams in, in those conferences? Like, like, that sticks out. Is there one team in no. either conference? No, right. not, that, not that sticks out. Nobody that I'd be like, yeah, they belong in that conversation. I don't think there is. So I'm really excited to see who that fourth team is, or if really we're just looking at a race of three teams in both conferences and everybody else is essentially you know, vying to see who loses to those teams first. For me, I, I think in the Western Conference, and I think this, this could kind of be like a dark horse conversation because, I, again, I think that there's just there's so much parity in the West that like I wouldn't be shocked if Seed's four through eight or, you know, within three to four games of each other. But for me, the team I'm looking at to make that leap and be that team is Houston. I, I like the Rockets. I think last year was it was a really interesting season for them. They, they lost their coach. They I don't think it was about James Harden coming into the season out of shape as much as just the guys around him did not do the things they did the season before when the team made it to the Western Conference Finals. I just look at this team and I, I think they have too much talent. And I think Mike D'Antoni takes a lot of crap for not being a great coach, but I think more often than not, he does bring out the best in, in players who, who are really skilled players and who, who can shoot and who can pass, and I think this team has a lot of guys like that on the roster. So I'm really interested in Houston kind of making a push to get back into the top part of the West. Joe, is there a team you like to possibly be that well, four seed? Well, listen, West? now that you told me that Houston can shoot and pass, I mean, I'm probably with you 100%. Thanks, Joe. Runs. It's Monday morning, and The Walking Dead was on last <laughs> night, and my favorite people died. That's right. Multiple people died. Two of my five favorites died. My favorite of all time died. There you go. I'm really upset. This is the equivalent of Tony Soprano dying in, like, season three of The Sopranos. Wow. To the me. Walking Dead podcast. You heard it first. Yeah. Cool. By the end of the show, I'm going to end up spoiling it. I am looking forward to it. Anyway, is there a team that you think can be that fourth seed? No, I mean, not at all. I understand, the Houston, I understand what you're saying with Houston, that... Um, you know, the, Dan Tony is a good coach. Harden's a really good player. Um, he kind of got a lot of unnecessary poop last year. Um, but I don't see, like, yeah, will they maybe be the fourth seed in the West? Sure. But, like, they're nowhere near those other three teams. Right. Yeah, and I don't think anybody is. And, again, I don't think anybody's going to be those three, be near those three teams in the East. Do you so see the Clippers the- maybe falling back? Or do you think they're going to, like, push forward more, even more? Because they're weird. They're, they, they remain weird to me. Because, like, I feel like they should be, like, super good. And they're just, like, really good, if that makes sense. It doesn't feel fair to write off San Antonio, but I don't see how the Clippers aren't going to be the two seed in the West. I think I think they did so well last year, like, in spite of not having Blake. And you and love I know, Blake. Right. I, I know. I, I love Blake. When when Blake was healthy, they, they were, I think they were 17 and 13 through the first 30 games. 
And then Blake goes down for, for 45 games with the quad and the hand injury. Do you think that he should punch somebody again this year? I think he learned a lot from last year. All right, and I'm going to get serious here and not, not joke about it. Cool. Blake Griffin is, is a superstar. I think Blake Griffin is the top 10 town in the NBA. I know a lot of people tend to like put him in that 15 to 20 range. To me, How dare they slot him by my floor? <laughs> to me, he's closer to top 10. I just think he's ridiculous. I think he's one of the most well-rounded players in the league, too especially on the offensive side. Defensively, I think he's better than he gets credit for. But I think on offense, people kind of look at him like he's just a dunker. He's not just a dunker. He he can really shoot from everywhere. He, he's good at handles, too. He has very good handles. He is a good passer as well. He's a good facilitator. Like, the guy Ooh. creates offense for not just himself, but for other players. Do you think, like, think, he's what Ben Simmons wants to be? Seriously. I think that Blake Griffin is the best possible Ben Simmons comparison there is out there. Yeah, it kind of just I, dawned on me right now. I'm like, this is all the things we want Ben Simmons to be. Blake Griffin's already. Here. I think right. I think I think Ben Simmons is more of. I think he's more. I don't know how to how to say this. Finesse? I think he's quicker. Yes, yes. That that's actually perfect. And I think Blake has a ton of finesse, but I think Blake's maybe a little more power than finesse at this point. And I think Simmons is more finesse than he is power. I mean, yeah. he's got the size. And he rebounded in college, so you think immediately he's going to be a power forward in the NBA. I think he's more of a wing of the LeBron mold, where he needs the ball in his hands and he's going to attack off the dribble. It's making me really sad that we're talking about a guy we might we might not even get to see this year. But don't worry, I, we have Dario. We do have Dario. I think the Simmons Blake comparison is pretty fair, and uh, I think that Simmons is more of a he's more of an attacker. Like I think you want to give him a little more that space. That sounds so creepy. Than Griffin, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little bit, but attacker. Listen, to bring it back to the Clippers, though, I, I think that they're going to be really good this year. Uh, I think that the thing that sticks out to me as a concern, though, is DeAndre Jordan was able to step up a lot last year offensively without Blake Griffin there. I, I feel like they have to find a way to keep him as involved as he was last year with Griffin there. The spacing isn't as great having both Griffin and DeAndre Jordan in the lineup. But again, you know, Blake's not some guy who lives in the post. He, he really he faces up. He can start from, you know, from the perimeter and take you off the dribble offensively and defensively he's fine too i i think the clippers are, are a little bit better this year than they were last year and they were still a top five team last year by net rating so i, I think the clippers are going to be really good yeah I'm, I'm i'm with you i i think they're like it's funny because i think talent wise they in almost any other form they're this, the best team in the west it's just that golden state's just built in a freakish way yeah i mean there's nobody close to well, what are you drinking Water. I drink oh, water. water. You're supposed to be drinking coffee. I don't really drink coffee. I'm not a coffee drinker. I know. We I have mean, this... I... Wait, right. We've had Jared, with D, do you play behind the line? Or do, you go, or do, you, go, or do you go in the box? With, with D. Oh, you're the worst. We're back here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, was thinking, I was thinking I couldn't think of a good one, so that was forced. I apologize, America. I like to put my D in the box. Whoa! Token, in the Western, I mean, the Dude, Eastern Is your D soft or, you, or is it hard? Joe, who do you think is going to be that fourth team in the Eastern Conference after your Cleveland, Toronto, Boston top three? Uh, I guess Toronto? Toronto is already in the top three. Who is going to be that fourth (laughs) team, Joe? I'm glad you're not listening because you're thinking of other wiener jokes. All right, so I'm going to leave this off. I I I don't think there's a fourth team. I told you this when we started this segment. Someone's going to be Indiana. There aren't going to be three seeds and then five, six, seven, eight. (laughs) <laughs> not the Knicks. It's going to be like Indiana or somebody. All right. I Washington. really don't like, Even though I don't, I don't like Indiana. It could be Washington. So to me, it kind of came down to three teams. I think it's, it's going to wind up being one of Atlanta, Detroit, or 
Indiana begrudgingly. I really don't like the Pacers this year. Um, Hater. Yeah, I, I guess. I I feel like the Reggie Jackson the Reggie Jackson injury kind of hurts Detroit. He's going to miss the first at least month of the season. Uh, so that, that might really hurt their chances to be that good. I just think talent-wise, and this being year three of, of Stan Van Gundy, I think that they're going to take a jump. And again, I just... I feel like that fourth spot in the East is, is really up for grabs this year. But the team I'm really looking forward to, to watching and seeing how they do is, is the Atlanta Hawks. They got Dwight Howard in this year. They, they got rid of Jeff Teague, and it's going to be the Dennis Schroeder show. So I'm interested in seeing how those guys do. They brought back Kemp Bazemore for a lot of money. So I think maybe, maybe he steps his game up, too. And Paul Millsap's really like the most underrated player in the NBA. So... I think I think Atlanta's going to really push for that fourth seed. I, I love Mike, Mike Budenholzer also. I think he really coaches his team up all the time. It, it's just, it's going to come down to somebody new needing to step up for them. Kyle Korver looked like he lost a step last year. So if that offense is going to thrive the way they did a couple seasons ago, they're going to need to get a little bit better shooting and, and a little more scoring. And I, I think we're going to see a big bounce back here from Dwight Howard. Joe, what do you think of Atlanta? Um, I'm with you on a lot of things. I think we discussed them a little bit last podcast, didn't we? Um, or whenever we talked about the high. I know we talked about this earlier. But, um, yeah, I, I'm not down on Dwight Howard like other people. I, I don't think, like, he's a top ten player or anything, but he, he does, still does a lot of things well. Um, I like what you said about Millsap. I do worry about the Corbett thing because he's huge in stretching the floor for them, and if he's a step slower and can't get open or can't create any space and he's just forcing up, like, jacking up, threes with guys in his face that's issues and it's gonna be interesting to see how schroeder does now that he's kind of the guy at point guard um so i can also see them going the complete other way do you know what i mean like because the team is like listen jeff teague isn't a superstar but he was a really good player and it took a lot of pressure off schroeder um al horford is also very very good they are going to miss al horford i'm I don't think they upgraded by bringing in Dwight Howard over Al Horford. I think maybe the upside of Dwight Howard, you know, returning to, to better form could, could give them more, I guess, than Horford. But Horford does so much for them that you're not going to get out of a Dwight. And, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it, it's going to be interesting to see the dynamic switching from Horford to, to Dwight. That's why I'm going with Indiana, because I just think Paul George is a superstar. Fair enough. I'm, ba- right. I'm basically just saying, like, he'll be good enough to will Indiana to the fourth season. Fair enough. In a, in a couple minutes, we'll talk about teams that we think are, are kind of overrated and underrated heading into the season. But before we get to teams, let's let's just wrap this up. Who are some players that you think we're going to find out are really good this year? Like, really good? I think we're going to find out that Andrew Wiggins is actually really good. Is that Really? I yeah, I do. I, I, think, I think he gets the unnecessary hate of the internet because he was so hyped. And now people fall in love with Cat, which is rightfully so. They're in love with Cat. And they look at Wiggins' bot. Like, he, he is inefficient, and he does have issues. Um, but he's going to be the second second dude there. And I think he's going to show up this year. And we're going to oh, so Anthony, or Andrew Wiggins is good. I also think we're going to see that Joel, I, I, I don't think we're going to find out how good he is, but I think people are going to come back around on Joel and be, and be like, oh, this is why we all fell in love with him at Kansas. Right. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I didn't put Embiid on this list. I'm really worried about the minutes restriction. And again, you know, he, he hasn't played in two years because of injuries. So I can't confidently say, you know, I, I feel like we're going to see him this year. I, I really am terrified of him and, and the injuries. But I, I think if he plays, he is a stud and he's ridiculously talented. And I think people don't really understand how talented he is and that 
he would have been that first pick in that draft with Andrew Wiggins and Jabari Parker and all those guys if he was healthy. So that that's a good call from from you. In terms of your your Andrew Wiggins pick, I'm one of the haters on him, and maybe it's unnecessary. I just well, hate on him, but love Jabari Parker. Everybody does. No, nobody loves Jabari Parker. People hate Jabari Parker more than they hate Andrew Wiggins. They should hate Jabari Parker more. Did Jabari Parker make a three pointer? Uh, three pointer yet? Yeah, not many of them, though. We're going to put that one on the poll. Who do people hate more, Jabari Parker or Andrew Wiggins? Get on that, I think Jabari Parker is going to win. Even though, you know, I feel like people don't hate Jabari as much anymore because he came back from that knee injury. So he gets a pass. What'd you say? So he gets a pass. Yeah, he he gets a pass. Um, He's also, he's interesting. I mean, Andrew Wiggins is very interesting, too. Jabari's become, like, a, a rim attacker, and I'm really excited to see what he does this year. No, he... He wasn't on my list of players we're going to find out are really good this year. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I just rambled in so many ways. I don't even know what we were talking about. But I'm going to get into the players who I think are going to be really good this year that we're going to find out we've been underrating. And I feel weird starting with this person because, like, they made first team All-NBA last season. Go on. But I feel like people don't realize how good Kawhi Leonard is. Like, he's a top five player in the NBA. He's an MVP candidate. He's great. He's a great two-way player, and people look at, well, what's his career high? How frequently is he going to drop 30 points a game? Which is you following the Ryan people on Twitter. I think most people, most normal people, agree that he's legit great. I don't think it's fair to put the normal caveat on that. I think think most people who follow the NBA as, I don't want to say closely because that, that kind of feels condescending, but I just think there are some people who don't quite value his defense and his skill set and even his development, you know, as, as much as others and maybe the more NBA diehards who really dive deep into the stats and, and really watch it more from a, you know, from an execution standpoint than fantasy stats and stuff like that, you know, would value a Kawhi more than Points others. Points per game don't make a player is what you're saying. They don't. And I've seen so many. You're right. These are the wrong people that I'm about to bring up. I've seen so many people do threads of why Paul George is as good, if not better, than Kawhi Leonard, because they have similar peripheral numbers. They have similar points, rebounds, and assists. Or Paul George is better at at some of those stats, I guess. I I don't even know. It's just Kawhi is so freaking good, and the Spurs are still going to be outrageously good this year because he is their best player. I mean, he's a Finals MVP already. He Was he runner-up in the MVP last year, or was that Westbrook? Last year? uh, I don't know why I'd ask you would know off the top. I, I think it was Leonard, though. Let me, right. I'll, pull it, I'll, I'll look it up. He He's just, he's ridiculous, and I, I think this is going to be the year that, you know, I know we have Kevin Durant and LeBron James on the wings, but, like, Kawhi Leonard is right there with those two guys. He's he's amazing. And he, again, he's just, he's developed so much over the last few years. This is a guy who came into the NBA without any semblance of a jump shot. Kawhi well, was second in MVP. Right, and he shot, I think he shot 44% from three last year. He, he's very, very good. Uh, I'm going to go also with Andrew Wiggins' teammate, Carl Anthony Towns, who, again, I, I know people love Carl Anthony Towns, and to an extent, I think he's almost been overrated up to this point. Like, I don't know that he's a top 10 talent in the league yet, but I think a lot of people like to put him there because of the stats he put up last year and because everything he's capable of. But I think this year he's going to make a leap. I think he's going to be a top 10 player by the end of the year, you know, wh- whether we want to put him in there or not. Uh, and the, the other guy I have who we kind of just talked about, People really sleep on Blake Griffin. I don't know if it was the injury. I don't know if, if it's the commercials that he does or the fact that, you know, he got in trouble last year for punching out an equipment manager. I don't know why, but people really don't like to give Blake Griffin credit for being as good as he is. And 
to me, I, I think he's a top 10 talent, and I think he's going to remind everybody of that this year. Do so you know what my biggest takeaway from this is? What's your biggest takeaway? That of the 1,110 people you follow, you follow far too many idiots. Yeah, you're probably right. I because probably I don't do. feel this narrative about Blake Griffin or Leonard at all. Like, I've seen it, but it's like the lowest. Like, it's only because you bring it up in my timeline. Wow. Nobody, else in, my, nobody else in my timeline brings up that nonsense. Everybody's right. talking about those guys in good fashion. You need to go on an unfollowing spree. All right. You have it here. Maybe I will. Maybe I will. You guys have all been warned. Stop your bad tweets. Yeah. All right. You've been on notice, son. <laughs> Let's move Do on. Do people say, our... still say son? Yeah, why not? Yeah. You know, like, I have a kid. I'm going to call him my son, but mm-hmm. I don't have a kid and I don't have a son. All right. We're moving on. That was Get great. to work on that. We just... <laughs> <laughs> nope. Use your soft touch in the, in the box. Stop it. We just talked about overrated players and underrated players. Let's move the conversation to overrated and underrated teams as we start the season. And I'm going to go first. We're going to start. I don't want to say overrated because we don't know what anybody is, but we're going to do overhyped teams. First team I have being overhyped is the Indiana Pacers. I just don't freaking get it. And Pacers Hive, you guys get in my mentions. Do whatever you're going to do to me. Tell me the Knicks stink, which is what you guys did last year when I said I didn't get the Pacers hype. But... I think George Hill is a better player than Jeff Teague. I think Frank Vogel is a much better coach than Nate McMillan. I think they're going to miss Jan Mahinmi. I don't think Al Jefferson is going to make them any better defensively. Sure, he's a good offensive player, but, I mean, he's slow as dirt, and they want to get out and run this year. I don't understand how an offense of Jeff Teague, Monte Ellis, and Paul George is going to be anything close to efficient. These are all ball-dominant guys, and none of them are particularly good three-point shooters. I mean, Paul George isn't bad, but the efficiency is not great out of those three. I don't get it. I don't get the hype. I like Miles Turner. I think Miles Turner can make a leap. I don't think he's going to be a superstar this year. The East is good. Why do people think this is going to be a top-four team in the East? Because somebody needs to be the top four team in the East. Basically, people are just picking Like, we we literally just had this conversation, we're like, there's really no really good fourth team, but somebody's got to be the fourth team, so let's name some teams. Well, I think they're going to be good teams. You know, I, I think like I think you're going to get eight good teams in the East next season. I don't think you're going to get a bad team sneaking into the playoffs. I think we're going to have seven good ones, and the eighth team is going to be iffy. Fair. I, I, mean, I know that was me parsing, splitting hairs or whatever, but... <laughs> No, I, I get what you're saying, though. I just I don't understand why the Pacers are expected to be really good. And if, fine, if, if the logic you're going to give me is, well, somebody has to be the fourth best team, I can live with that. But I see a lot of people saying the Pacers are going to be better than they were last season. The Pacers could be a top two team in the East. I was listening. I tweeted on Saturday. I put on my local ESPN radio for like two minutes. And it was it was Nick's homers who were on the radio just talking about not fans like the, the radio hosts. We're talking about how the Knicks have potential to win 48 to 51 games. Hey, stop stealing only, my overrated pitch. And, the, yeah, and the, uh, the only team they said besides Cleveland they were afraid of was Indiana. And I just, I, I sat there scoffing and saying I'm never going to listen to the radio again. I just, I, I don't get it. I think they're being overhyped. Uh, I think the Vogel coaching change is going to hurt them badly. I think he does a lot. He did a lot for that team. He kept them really good. I mean, they, they were a top-five defensive team for the most part, like, over these last six years. And he really changed the culture there. So I, I think they're going to miss him a lot. I don't understand the coaching switch either. You know, you, you switch to Nate McMillan and say, we want to play faster. 
the years he was with Portland, and again, you know, this could have just been a personnel thing more than anything, but when he was with Portland, they were like a bottom, they were a bottom third team in pace every single season. I don't know, maybe, you know, you have Jeff Teague and he'll be able to push the pace and you play a little bit smaller and you'll be faster, but I, I think they're going to miss some of the guys they lost in the offseason and I just, I don't think they have the talent or the coaching they had last year. And they were a seven seed last year, so I don't get it. Joe, you got an overrated team you want to talk about? The New York Knickerbockers. I've never heard of them. Please, uh, enlighten, please enlighten me. So, like, there's people out there <clears throat> that think they could be a two-seed or a three-seed or four-seed, and those people are bat-poop insane. Um, this goes. This circles all the way back to our Jets, Ryan Fitzpatrick talk, where you mentioned that people say Brandon Jennings, Derrick Rose, and Yoki Noah. Uh, Joe Noah, sorry. Um, it's a soft J, like Yug. Yeah. So, uh, they're, because they have stuff to prove and they want it more as if, not Brandon Jennings necessarily, but Rose and Noah aren't getting older and injury prone. And as if wanting it more doesn't make somebody's knee give out or it makes it magically heal better. Um, not or, wanting, like the, it, or oh, wanting it more means the Detroit Pistons just aren't a better team than you. Yeah. Or if, or if Detroit doesn't want it more as well. Right. Like, like, just because Rose wants it more now doesn't mean somebody in Detroit wants it less. Um, not to mention the fit. I, I, I've been talking about Rose and Mello, ball and heavy hand guys. Um, this is oddly a good thing you brought up with Indiana. Like, listen, there's there's guys that want to shoot the ball there, and they're not really efficient. Brandon Jennings, Derek Rose. Um, they're not deep, necessarily. Their, their roster is still constructed weirdly to me. And I could see in a month and a half from now when Rose and or Noah's hurt, where the excuses begin, well, if these guys were only healthy, well, you know what? This is the roster you built. You planned for it to be built this way. So you knew going in, taking the risks. So I don't want to hear excuses from you, Nick fan, why they only have 22 wins at the end of the year. Oh, that's I'm not saying 22. I, I lowballed that because I was not mad. I hate the Knicks. Not, I don't hate the Knicks. I root for the Knicks in a weird way because I get MSG and they follow my market. But I just hate, like, this whole, I don't know how you live in New York, this whole hyperbolic thing where <laughs> everything's so up and down. It's like, okay, the Knicks stink. Oh, we got washed up Derrick Rose and washed up Noah, and we got Brandon Jennings who, like, once scored 50 points as a rookie. We're great. Yeah, that, you know, you're, like, on point with how this fan base reacts to, to picking up a guy like Brandon Jennings. What I, are you going to learn? Like, like the Knicks have, like, for... Two decades, all they do is sign washed dudes, and you guys get excited. And it's like, no, they're washed. Yeah, I actually, I'm writing a column. I'm in the middle of writing a column for today's Fast Break about how Nick, how the Knicks fan base is really divided. And the division is people who continue to get excited about players like Derrick Rose and Brandon Jennings. And even before them, you know, I don't know, Eddie Curry and Steve Francis and whoever else. And those who, who see through it and think... I can't get excited about this anymore because it's been 15 years of this not working. I can't for wait us. for four years from now when they sign Isaiah Thomas, like the one from Boston. In four oh. years, though, like when he's washed. <laughs> Why Isaiah Thomas? Well, they, because, they, because it's going to be a, a listen, man. They love small guards, and I, I'm basically piggybacking the Marbury's uh, Stephen franchise deal there. But uh, yeah, and they'll man. still have Derrick Rose on the roster. That'll be the fun part. Oh, yeah, and Derrick Rose will just be, like, collecting money and playing seven games a year. The thing that frustrates me and why I can really accept you putting the Knicks on this overrated list, even though, you know, the way you just bashed me for who do you follow that says these dumb things, 
almost every smart basketball person that I follow doesn't have the Knicks making the playoffs. And if they do, they have them as an eight seed. Like, there isn't anybody who, like, really covers the league or is really into advanced stats that, that thinks the Knicks have a shot at, at being How many the ones do you think the Knicks are really going to get? Because I think they're going to be decent. I just don't think they're going to be good. I think their over-under is 38 and a half, and I think I take the under on it. Yeah, like, I am sitting around 36 games. Right. I, I think they're somewhere, I think, honestly, I think they're somewhere in, like, that 36 to 39 range. Uh, I think that their their ceiling is 500. I can't. I, I don't and that's, know how. And that's best case scenario. Everybody stays healthy in the situation. Like, the the fit is good. I don't even think the fit's good. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, even if they were to stay healthy. Big, that's a big concern, too. And, you know, we, we really, we didn't see Derrick Rose in the preseason. We saw him one game, and the game that, that he did play, the offense, or at least the, the starting offense, was awful. I think all those guys were, like, mi- minus 22 or something in that game. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm worried about the fit for all this. I just, I, I don't. I don't like that people are saying if this team's healthy, they're going to be special. When Derrick Rose and Joe Kim Noah were healthy last year, they were awful. Like, people love to point out that Derrick Rose had a broken eye the first two months of the season and that his numbers got better after those first couple months of the season. Sure, his scoring went up, his assists went up, his field goal percentage went up. His impact on the court was dramatically worse or drastically worse. So it's, it's just the type of thing where it's like, we pick and choose the stats that we, we like and that the stats we want to work for us. And, yeah, I get it. Most fans look at things like, like points and say, well, he could do this. Jose Calderon can't do this. But it's overall impact on the game. And when, when the team does better with you off the floor, which the Bulls did last year with both Noah and Rose, I don't really get the, well, they were hurt and they were bad when they were hurt. No, when they were healthy, they were bad. Just because he, he was healthy doesn't mean he was any better. And I think we're going to see that this year. We're going to see Derrick Rose is capable of scoring and isn't, you know, some some washed-up player, but he's just not impactful anymore. And it, this got me thinking, you know, historically, with those Bulls teams that were really good, that he seemed to be the centerpiece of. The thing those teams had that this, this Knicks team most likely won't have is incredible defense. Yeah, Those teams were, like, top three defensively. So offensively, sure, you can give the ball to Derrick Rose and, and let him be a volume scorer and get away winning games because the teams you're playing are scoring 80 points, so you're going to win these games. The Knicks aren't going to do that. you know. And I know they've upgraded defensively. Courtney Lee is a huge upgrade for them. I think Chris Stapps Porzingis is a really good defender. Even even Carmelo Anthony looked pretty decent defensively last year. So yeah, maybe Joe Kim Noah's health will come into to play there because... I don't know, maybe if he's healthy, he's still a decent defender, and maybe he could be an anchor, but he's not a good rim protector. He doesn't look like he moves well. I mean, he was hurt all preseason, coming off of injury last year. I just, But he's going to be healthy this year because he wants it more. I don't understand the optimism with this team, and optimism seems to be the thing that constantly dooms the Knicks fan base. Is we just expect guys that weren't good elsewhere to come to New York and be good. You know, the Brandon Jennings thing... He could be good in the role they're putting him in this Exactly. Year, Same thing with Courtney is, Lee. Same thing. Right. Like these are good those are good signings actually. It just Yeah, they, they are. If you get Brandon Jennings for one year, five million dollars to be your first scoring guard off the bench, it's a slam dunk. But if you're getting him and thinking, This is a guy who scored fifty points in his career once. He did it once. Rookie year. He did it freaking once. He's a career thirty nine percent shooter. He is not a great scorer. He turns the ball over, he's not a good defender. Like I don't understand the optimism of thinking Maybe this guy can turn his career around and be a franchise point guard. He'll be fun to watch. He'll be easy to cheer for. He will be J.R. Smith five inches shorter. 
which that's Aaron a tremendous that's a tremendous comparison. He's been great this preseason, doing all those wiggles and stuff when he makes a jumper. Right. I like Brandon Jennings. I really do. I think he's a fun player to watch. I just like and you said like the role they're asking him to do is great. But like when Derrick Rose goes out and he's your starter, you're screwed. Right, they're asking him to be the JR and not even to, to add that big of a role because JR was the number two scorer on the team he was on. Jennings isn't going to be asked to do that much. He's not capable of doing that much, but he will be the first scorer off the bench on, on a team that hopefully will have a little more balance and a little more depth and won't need him to be that big of a player. That, that's the thing. That's best case scenario for the Knicks, and I'm sorry that this turned into a Knicks deep dive. I did not even have them on my rundown, so you did this. Oh, it's all my fault. The thing with the Knicks is, is if these guys can all play their roles, then maybe they can compete for a playoff spot. They're not a super team. They're not going to be a top four team in the East or anything like that. The days of Carmelo Anthony being an MVP candidate, I think, are long gone. Same for Derrick Rose. I think your best case is Chris Stapps kind of breaks out this year and shows you know the, the makings that he can be a franchise player, and everybody else kind of gives in to him and plays their role around him. That's best case scenario for this team. I just don't think we're going to see that. I think Chris Stapps is going to be neglected a little bit on offense. He's not going to get as many touches and shots as, as he should be getting because, really, this team, their goal should be to build around Chris Stapps Przingis long-term and do whatever it takes to develop him to be a franchise player. It's just, are we going to see that this year? And I'm not that optimistic that we will. Excellent. Great. All right. The other, I wanted to bring up the, the Timberwolves. I don't want to do a deep dive on them. We've already talked about them a little bit. Basketball. I think they're being a little overhyped heading into the season. I, I mean, I think Carl Anthony Towns, again, could really break out and be a superstar this year. And if he does, I don't know how they're, they're not going to be close to being a playoff team. I just I look at up and down the West, and I, I don't see how they can make a push. I just don't see it. Okay. Do you think they're a playoff team this year? Uh, I need to see some games uh, of their current. I do. Like I mean, I like Chris Dunn hasn't played a regular season game yet. I think he's going to be an important part of that team. and. I need to see them play together this year. Fair enough, man. Fair enough. You know, right, how I, I hate projections. This I know. Year. I know. I'm glad you hate projections on our preview show. Do you have an underrated team heading into the season? No, not really. I, I didn't really either. I didn't really either. I think the Memphis Grizzlies are the closest I can do to having an underrated team. Uh, again, they're one of these teams that, that they're going to rely on guys being healthy. I mean, Mike Conley's been injured for the last year. Mark Gasol's been injured. With those two guys banged up, it, it's not good for them. Also, Chandler Parsons was their big signing in free agency, and he hasn't exactly been a model of health. But I think they're a team that if everybody's healthy, they're going to be really good. Yeah, that's cool, fine. Cool. I don't All have right, anybody. Joe. Since you love predictions so much, why don't we do some predictions? Let's start with the player prediction. Do you have an MVP that you like for this year? Yes. I, I, I like, out of default... Don't say Dario. Please don't no, say Dario. No, Damian Lillard. All right, Dane. There you go. So if you like Damian Lillard... I know, any... why aren't they the fourth team in the West? I understand. Just give me Dame. Do you, but do you think they're going to be the fourth team in the West? I guess. All right, there you go. Joe's, Joe's all in on, on Portland. You heard it here. I'm going to go with Kevin Durant as my MVP prediction. Uh, the one thing, again, I'm concerned about that we discussed earlier was the minutes breakdown, and if these guys really wind up sitting out fourth quarters and games, and if Kevin Durant's even going to play enough to be an MVP, I just, again, I think the Warriors are going to be head and shoulders above everybody else in the NBA. Maybe LeBron gives him a run for his money, but I don't think the Thunder are going to be good enough for Russell Westbrook to win MVP, and Houston, Houston is the only other team that I look at with 
maybe James Harden will put up the numbers to be MVP. It'll just come down to how good the Rockets are. So I'm picking KD because I think he's going to be very impactful. And I think, again, he's going to be on the best team ever. Joe, who's going to win the NBA championship this year? Golden State. Are we going to see another finals rematch between Golden State and Cleveland? Yes. I agree with you. Good talk. I have Golden State winning that as well. I, you know, this isn't anything to talk about because it's common sense. I just think it's really funny how, how people talk about, like, the Warriors being so down and how they might collapse and how, how this might be the year that things just, just give up for them and give way for them. And Who talked about gonna, that? They're not going to be able to handle Draymond Green's personality and Draymond is going to wind up breaking down. I saw smart people talking about Aren't it. I don't think about the Draymond Green thing. But I mean, right. It was all reactionary to the Draymond Green feature last week. Uh, was it, I think Ethan Sherwood Strauss wrote it. I, I didn't get around to reading it yet. I have a bookmarked. I'm really looking forward to it. But I guess essentially he talked about how volatile Draymond can be. and how Which keeping, Steve Kerr actually likes. Right. How keeping him in check is, is such a challenge. Meanwhile, the last two years, they've really done a great job of doing that. And that's kind of what's taken this team over the top is having Draymond Green play at the level he's played at. So I just I I don't think they're, this is going to be the year that they fall apart. I, they're going to be ridiculous. Just Ridic- utterly ridiculous. Ridiculous. All right, Joe, let's do some absurd questions. Hit the music, Mario. It is time for the Absurd Questions portion of the podcast. Absurd Questions! Alright, I'll go first this week. Are you I ready? I feel like, before you go, I am ready, but before you go, I feel like we need to... You need to make a new drop, and it needs to be the Mario voice, and it needs to be... It's a me, Dario. <laughs> we, are the, we are the Dario podcast. He's anyway. our basketball mascot. We have CJ Prosize now as a football one. He'll be our basketball one. All right, it works for me. All right, you ready? Joel Embiid is also in that. So we're... We're, we're the, the Sixers podcast. Yeah, we Even though we barely talked about the Sixers. Nah, not enough. Never enough. <laughs> um, Jared Bayless. All right, Joe. Whoa. Uh, Recon Holmes. Is he still there? Um, is his name Recon? No, it's, it's Recon, I think. Isn't I, it Rashawn? Rashawn, is it? Recon? Recon is not a name. <laughs> it is absolutely Rashawn Whatever, Holmes. man. Like, I, this is why I call everybody their last names only. Um, unless I don't know the last name, I call them their first name. Um, awesome. Joe Kobe Brissett. All right, what's your absurd question, Joe? I'm telling my mom on you. She's going to mess you up. You tell her every show, and she is so nice to me, so I don't get it. Whoa, yep, creepy. I don't even talk to my mom. I do talk to her. It's just weird. Um, we, have, we have a nice relationship. <laughs> you and Scary Mary? All right, let me ask my absurd question. If you could change the ending of any TV series or movie, what movie or TV series would it be, and what would you change it to? That's a really tough question. Um... I think I'd have to go Sopranos. I was actually thinking about it the other day, that I'm still pissed off that that show ended the way it ended. I just wish we had some kind of, like... Closure? I don't know, I want closure. Yeah, I really want closure with that show. And not, not that I even care about the show that much. I didn't really care about it. Sure, I watched it. Yeah, I like it. I think it's good. I think it's slightly overrated. There's my TV hot take for the podcast. Uh, but I wish, like... I wish there was clarity. I mean, I know that, you know, the the Soprano mob or whatever they were was kind of like winding down and it seemed like like Tony was on his way out. I wish we could have saw it. And I don't mean that in any terrible way. Like either see that or see him, you know, get into witness protection. Just show me something. I wanted to know what happened and I don't like that we didn't find out. What do you got, Joe? Um, I would change the end of Forrest Gump. (laughs) So at the end, I think I told you this before, correct? I don't believe so. All right. So, like, my goal in life is to do this with a movie one day. So I want everything to play out exactly as is. And as Forrest is sitting on the bench there at the end, 
near the end. Instead of it ending as it does, all of a sudden, I want Christian Slater to come in riding a dinosaur. Steps on Forrest come, and Christian Slater just start random yelling Christian Slater things, like pump up the volume, and then the movie ends. Why do you want to see that happen in Forrest Gump? Why because, like, imagine, imagine being in the movie theater, right? Then you're watching this movie that's a drama. But why like, Forrest Gump is my question. Why not something else? Why not, like, a sad movie? I mean, I guess Forrest Gump is kind of Yeah, sad. well, the thing is, because you're rooting, uh, by that point, you're, you're really invested in Forrest, and you're rooting for him. And for him to just die by a random dinosaur leg with Chris Slater riding it, I think it's kind of, like, kind of perfect. That was a very Joe answer. I'm not surprised. Way to go. Well, just imagine, this like, imagine you're in the movie theater, right? Before I the spoilers it. hit it. And, like, you're uh-huh. so invested. And then, boom! Like, imagine the end of Breaking Bad instead of what happening. Like, Jesse Pink, Jesse's riding off. All of a sudden, a dinosaur steps on the car. He's dead, and it's Christian Slater sitting on the dinosaur. That would make you very happy, and everybody else probably pretty upset. Oh, they'd be flipping, but wouldn't that have just been tremendous? Like, just like as a giant, like, double bird for the world. I love it. Man... That, that was a good absurd question. That was very absurd. My absurd question is not really absurd at all. It was more along the theme of what we've been discussing for the last hour, and that's the NBA. So mine's boring. If you could pick one team that you've watched all time, a single season team, to come back and compete in the NBA this season, what team would it be? None. Because I don't do this generational bullshit everybody else does. <laughs> I'm so sick of these things. No team from the 70s are going to be able to play with the teams now. Oh, my God. You man. put some cruddy player from now into the 70s, and he's, he's the MVP of the league. Stop with this nonsense, America. So just do that. Just say, I want to see Julius Irving get dunked on by Andrew Wiggins. or fine, get fine. Throw Bill Russell. Fi- throw Bill Russell on the Knicks. And I want to see him get smacked around by Dwight Howard during the regular season. I want to see how the Dwight Howard narratives change. Great. Well, my answer was the 96-97 Knicks. I'd love to see them compete instead of this current Knicks team. That was the first year of Alan Houston, Larry Johnson, and Chris Childs in New York. Thanks for making it fun, Joe. Whatever. I mean, I have, have fun watching here. Mark Jackson dribble up with his back behind to the basket from three fourths of the court of the way up. The whole way, slow as can be. He would not have made those eight seconds. It's a, it's a good no, thing. No, he, he wouldn't make. He wouldn't be a college Division one college player in this era. <laughs> I'm so sick of this stuff. Ugh, ugh. Have you ever heard of the America East? I'm pretty sure Mark Jackson. No, you know what I mean. Like he wouldn't be playing for St. John's. Yeah, he no, wouldn't... he might be playing for St. John's. I'm sorry. Yeah, he he wouldn't be as good as uh who who was Kentucky Mussolini. Who was Kentucky's big point guard last year? Who's back again this year? Who wasn't all that great? Ro- Roscoe. Briscoe. Briscoe. Yeah, Isaiah Briscoe. Yeah, you're telling me Mark Jackson his prime wasn't better than Isaiah Briscoe is? Come on. I don't believe you. All right, we don't need to do Mark Jackson in his prime or yeah. Brandon Jennings. <laughs> Mark, Jackson. Mark Jackson was like, man, that's like me at the Y playing basketball. You're the worst. I'm very offended. Mark Jackson was my player comparison when I was younger, so I'm I'm offended. I'm hurt. Good. I mean, you're older though, so that's okay. Back in the early '90s, late '90s, early aughts, man, you were a baller. But 2016. Nope. Well, I'm glad that that question got you to curse. And, Did uh, I curse? You, yeah, you're the best, Joe. Way to go. No, Thanks I'm for that. that all right, guys. Well, enjoy <laughs> enjoy the NBA season tipping off and enjoy the Knicks and all the other fun stuff. Um, I'm not going to say my name because you guys know who I am if you you're listening Mintz. to this podcast. But you can find me on Twitter at jmintzhoops. Catch me at todaysfastbreak.com. 
Uh, I have the NBA rookie superlative poll dropping shortly. And uh, again, I'm working on that piece about the Knicks. So if you're interested in either of those, go check out todaysfastbreak.com. Joe, tell the people where they could find you. I'm not Jared Mintz. You can find me on Twitter at Joseph Nardone, N-A-R-D-O-N-E, at Today's Fast Break, at Today's U. Go there for your college basketball coverage. That starts November 11th. Whoop, whoop. I mean, skiddly beep doop bop bop There you go. I forgot all about it. Goodbye, America. All around me are familiar websites. Worn out clickbait. Worn out hotcakes. Bright and early for the daily link dumps. No one's clicking. No one's clicking. Their pupils are filling up their pockets, but not for writers, not for writers. Hide my head, I want to do a slideshow. No tomorrow, no tomorrow. And I find it kind of funny, I find it kind of sad. The internet in which I'm worthless is the best I've ever had. I find it hard to tell you, I find it too hot to take. When people blog in circles, it's a very, very mad world. 